Hi, you're listening to Mishnah Kol Yom. At home. And With Gabby and Kayla with, Krause. Yes. And we are up to... Kayla's going to start the intro to... Mishnah Bet. So we're in Perak Aleph Mishnah Bet of, uh, of the tractate of Psachim. Psachim, sorry. Shkalim. Yeah. We just finished Psachim uh, privately before we started this whole podcast and now we're doing shkalim and yeah it's the first uh first chapter of and the second mission in the first chapter here we go of shkalim so here's a little intro for it for you במשנה הקודמת נתבאר כי שלוחי בית הדין יוצאים לשדות בתו באדר that's tetva badar okay in our previous mishnah we talked about the messengers of the vetadin how would you translate vetadin the it's the courts the courts they, they were the courts back then mm-hmm. so they would go out on the uh, 15th of adar to make sure that any uh, any kilaim, any uh, mixed uh, species that grew, were uprooted. Mishnazov mefereted et ofen puulatashluchim im matzu kilaim basadot. So our Mishnah today is going to detail how how exactly these messengers would uh, go out and and find uh, these kilaim in uh, in the fields. Right, okay. and these were religious courts, so. Um, it wasn't just monetary disputes or things like that. It would also be, they'd also be in charge of, uh, you know, making sure people were following the Torah, right. following the halacha. That's right. Okay. So here we go. We're going to read inside the Mishnah. Yeah. Okay. Take it away. So I'm a Rabbi Yehuda. So the Tanakama or first um, opinion uh, in this Mishnah is Rabbi Yehuda. So he says, Barishona Hayu Okrin Umashlichin Lifnehem Misharabu Ovreavera Hayu Okrim Umashlichin Al Hadrachim Hiskinu Shayu Mafkirin Kol Hasada Kula. Okay, so Amara Bihuda Vatila Hayu Hashluchim Okrim etaklaim Umashlichimotam Feta Hasada Lein Kol. So at first they were like the courts were very punitive, and they would they would actually not only rip out the claim from the ground, but they would actually like put it on display by the opening of the field by like the entrance to the field. Uh, this way, it would like embarrass the owners of the fields and make wow. it obvious that it was like you know that the, they were. For all intents and purposes, uh, shaming them uh, for violating um, the, uh, it's the a prohibition in the Torah. Yeah. So, but ach, misharabu misharabu ovrei avera hechelu ashluchim lashlich et kliim al hadrachim. When more people started, you know, uh, becoming negligent in this matter um, and and being involved in kliim. Um, they wouldn't leave it by the field, but rather they would send it. They would um, they would throw it like out onto the onto the roads. Why do you think that's like more? 
Um, I think maybe there were so many people that I guess the public, like maybe there was less shame involved. So many people were doing it that it was just like, maybe they just really wanted to get rid of it. Maybe it would just be easier to just, um, I, I don't know. It's a good question. What were they doing on the roads? We'll have mm-hmm. to, we'll have to look it up later. Okay. Uh, maybe we'll like, we'll maybe like, like, like yeah, maybe like the next day we can like, uh, if there's something that comes up, we don't know we'll just look it up and then we could just like at the beginning of tomorrow's uh podcast we can just bring up a couple things that were from the previous day or whatever if there was or not okay. and then um and then like give a little answer find the source you know someone that has okay. a good idea about it okay um so layamim so i mean this is sort of like an answer like this is at least giving some idea at least is that uh this stuff would become hefker mm-hmm. right hefker means that it's ownerless right. so i guess that's why they would just maybe that's one of the reasons why they would just send it up put it out on the streets so, like anyone can come and yeah, pick it up public and take domain it. yeah okay um okay babraita mifarit rabbi yehuda et hishtashlut ha Takanot. Okay, so in the Brita, is that meaning like in the? Um, it means that um, the, yeah, in the in the Gemara in the Talmud, um, a Brita is brought. Um, uh, the, you know, they'll reference a different source to compare and contrast w- with our Mishnah, and so they found a Brita, which is like sort of like a unregulated, um, not as solid basis in the Kabbalah um, in, in like the the rabbinic uh, teachings they were sort of less um, I don't know what was it codified say. it was yeah not really codified uh-huh. um, but they would draw from it they would draw from it because like if someone had um, a misora, if someone had um, you know um, it was passed down from their teachers mm-hmm. that this was a good a valid teaching then someone would bring it up They'd say like, well, we learned in this Brita that, you know, Rabbi Huda says X or Y. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it could be that other people don't have that uh, teaching. They didn't know of it. Mm-hmm. Or it's for some reason they think it's less valid or whatever. Um, and so, and, and in general, like the rabbis pretty universally say, like if it's not, if it's not in the Mishnah itself, it's definitely second class citizen. Because mm-hmm. Rabbi Huda Nasi was the, biggest rabbi of his time one of the most important rabbis in jewish history and when he put together the mishnah like it was one of these you know one of these um uh what do you say like um like an end of an era mm. right he his codifying of the mishnah was the end of the era of the tanaim which these people who are we talk about in the mishnah rabbi yehuda like today um rabbi uh, Rabbi Yonasi, uh, they were the Tanaim, um, you know, end of temp- second temple period, going into um, the beginning of the of the exile um, mm-hmm. and the destruction by the Romans. That whole period, so they they were the Tanaim um, first, uh, and they lived basically in Israel. Um, but already, like by the end of their lives, people were already in, you know, their students, some of them were already in uh, Babylonia. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so like, yeah, so the Mishnah was like end of an era. And if it's not in the Mishnah, it's definitely like a second class thing. Like mm-hmm. the Gemara always deals, the Talmud always deals with the Mishnah in its entirety. A Breita, a Tosefta, these are other works from that time. Masechet um, Sofri, mm-hmm. there are different works of that time for sure. So sometimes and, they'll, and they'll make them their way into the Talmud as well. Yeah, because yeah. it's, it's an alternative all, source. The, the Talmud will always start with the Mishnah. And then, um, and I'll discuss it. And yeah, also, sometimes a Brita will have extra stuff. information in it uh-huh. that we that the Mishnah that he left out in the Mishnah, mm-hmm. and that you can, you know, you can get a better understanding about why one of the Tanaim holds what they hold, and you know, mm-hmm. it can help you know elucidate an argument. Um, okay. So yeah, okay. so here he's talking. So now the you know this is now in the explanation in this uh, in this wonderful sefer so they're talking about a brita okay so thank you so in this brita so rabbi yehuda uh um talks about how these different takanot i guess these uh uh these rules and regulations how what their um the chain of events of how you know from generation to generation yeah, how they evolved evolved Good, thank you okay so at the beginning they betchila akruet hakilaim v'shlichom v'fetach hasadeh levaisham. Right at first, um, you know they uprooted uh, the kilaim and uh, and threw them to the at the front of the field to embarrass them. Ach misherabu ovrei avera k'shenochachu chachamim ladaat shebalei hasadot smechim v'cheflaim. Okay, so I think we have our answer. That's pretty funny. So that's no, that's nice. You know, that's yeah. why we like the Safer so much, this book. It really just explains it for you. Could, yeah. Yeah, right. really just so you don't have to tune in tomorrow for that answer. But right. you will go. have to tune in tomorrow for the next Mishnah. It throws it in front of you. <laughs> Here we go. All right, so why don't you translate that? So let that me translate long, that. Long sentence. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So it says that the uh, okay the the sages there realized that um, the owners of the field were actually happy when they would do this and they would uproot the kilaim. The first stage, when they would just the put it by stage, the entrance right. to their field. Right, so they they liked that because they were basically like doing some work for them and just got, getting it ready for their animals so their animals could just eat, uh, eat it right there. Um, so they realized like, okay, this is not, uh, the sages realized that this is, this not, is not a punishment and this is not working. Um, so then they started just like, okay, removing it from the person's field, the owner's field, and putting it in um, in the pathways, uh, like in like public way, uh, pathways. And this way, um, they, they're at, that owner of the field's animals could not enjoy it. Okay. Adayin hayus mechim al nikush stotehem chinam. They were still happy that... Uh, uh, that they got this free like pruning of their fields. Um, does that mean that then they codified the law that um, in a field 
that the owner of the field on purpose, Bimezid means did it on purpose, um, sowed uh, key lime, mixed species. So then his uh, his tu'ah, his produce would become tufkar, would become hefker, free for all. And so no one wants that. Yeah, so this is like a, a fine from the from the um, the courts. They'd say like, well, we need to get a little more strict because people aren't following the halacha here. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to say that if you're doing claim, your property is now ownerless. I guess they put anyone up a sign can come or and something. take it. Yeah, they publicize it. Put, wow. it. put up a sign, publicize it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Maybe even wow. take it. If it's ownerless, maybe they could even have people come and just take it away. Wow. Yeah. And so, okay. yeah. Got a this is our first Pnine Chashukei Chabed of, uh, of this Masachet. Chashukei Chabed. Okay. So, here we go. Perot Kilaim Haim Chayavim Bitrumot of Masrat. Okay. So, the title of this is The Fruit of, uh, of Kilaim. Uh, do you need to separate chumona um, masro, which are the tithes, um, usually on fruit, um, vegetables, produce? Um, you need to take a fraction of it and give it, whether it's to the kohen or to the levy. Um, so you'd have to give give from it. But the question is, these uh, peruki lime, which are like forbidden fruit or like well it's yeah definitely I mean, let's see like also right. like especially if it's at a time when it's hefger right that's the thing right, you it's, don't take it's definitely forbidden from things that I are hefger. We'll explain it more but it's yeah on the one hand you're not allowed to sew it on purpose but then it's becoming hefger free for all so then like what's the status do you need to yeah. is it like regular? so so remember we'll the chasuke chemed like we mentioned um it's a shelot vichuvot, so it's that's how it's organized, mm-hmm. um, like mm-hmm. a classic rabbinic. Um, he got some sort of question, and he'll give an answer based on his understanding of the halacha. Mm-hmm. Um, we tend to believe that some of these are kind of contrived stories. That's like it's more like a book of explaining more, you know, modern scenarios for for the, from the Mishnah some kind of modern scenario on how to behave nowadays. And and the question here is is more of like, he's introducing you to a modern concept and then giving you what to do. So if it seems a little far-fetched what the question was or that the story, it's just that uh, sometimes- It's a teaching mechanism. Yeah, it's just, just uh, it's giving you a scenario. Okay, so again, it's question and answer. So here's the question, Shayla. Question. Okay, so we have a guy named Avraham, and he uh, he came back to Tshuva um, and to keeping uh, keeping Torah and Halacha after a long um, a long way off the path. But after time, he went back to his old ways. Okay. One day, he remembered that he did this sin of Kilaim. Uh, when he got from his father-in-law a whole wheat field, 
Avraham zarah basadeh chita vigefen yachtav. He had sown together in his field uh, wheat and uh, and grapes. Vata rotze lashuv b'tshuva ahavera. Okay, and then and and now he wants to um, wants to wants atone, to for, atone the for the sin. Thank you. Bena peulot chesa Avraham lashuv b'tshuva lamad et hilchot kilaim hitev ad sheshalat behem yeshav v'hafuch. Okay, so he learned these uh, these halachot, these laws of kilaim, really well, so that he would really understand it forwards and backwards. Kshesiem he just he lichtov chibur makif ahalachot. And when he finished, he he wrote down like a a very in depth essay. Hashela rishona b'chibur haita hashela haba. Okay, here was his first question that he asked. Shaninu b'mishnah. I think this is our Mishnah. What do you think? I think so. Okay. Okay. We learned in the Mishnah. Hitkinu sheyuhu mafkirin kol hasadeh kula. They established the law that they would make the entire field hafkar. Vashelahi ha'im apirot mufkarim chayvim b'tumot masrot dulo. Right. Like we said, is the uh, are the fruit um, that are now hafkar. Uh, right, they're ownerless. I they, mean, right. part of giving uh, truma and meiser is that the owner is giving the truma and meiser to the levy and the coin. Right, right? but if, if it has no owner. So let's see. Avraham mistamech al halacha ki perot shefkirot ham p'turim min trumato masrot. Right, because usually it is patur. It is, you know, you don't need to give truma or masrot. Valken hu choshev ledamot perot akilayim humfkarim listam perot humfkarim. Right, he wants to, you know, he thinks they're just like other half-care fruit. Matomru al-hadimyon. What do you think about this this parallel that he's making? So pause the podcast if if you want to think for a little bit and try to think what the answer would be. And now we're going to go. very dramatic. Now we're going to say the answer. Okay. Tshuva. Hamarsham mi berjan. Dan Okay, so the Marsham, he um, he actually dealt with this specific question, and he brings up two sides to this matter. Tzad Aleph, first side. Okay, so the first side is yes, it's patur. You don't need to. It's it's hefker. That was the more obvious approach. Right. So this, this will be more interesting what the second sad okay, is. Okay, so here we go. Sad bet. Kevan she apirot ena mufkarim birtzon balehem. Ele birtzon betin. Okay, so so far he says, but these fruit, you know, it wasn't, the owner didn't The owner didn't want willingly, to give them up. Yeah. Right, he didn't willingly give them up, but it was the betin kind of like forced it away from them. Yesh svara she bahem lon Ne'emar hadin shel hefker patur mitrumot hamasrot. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So that, you know, there is there is logic behind saying that that it wouldn't be patur from trumot You that you would still have to give tenths on it. Hachratosha marsham hina ki ha-peirot chayivim b'trumot hamasrot v'chatzad ha-sheni. So he actually concludes that way. He concludes that, yeah, because, right, uh, that I, yeah. you know, that there's some level uh, that it's patur that you don't have to give the truma to Masrot. It's when 
something is willingly given away but but the fact that it was Beethoven taking it away and the owner still feels a connection to it I guess because right. it wasn't him giving it up that he'd still be he should still he take should still take I, I don't you know yeah you know, how would that work I don't know um does he have to go out to the street and like collect the 10 10 percent bring it to the levy himself maybe yeah. i guess that's what he's saying is that you know he'd have to go through all the process of setting aside getting a coin and levy mm -hmm. and giving them you know their portions whatever mm -hmm. um or i wonder or the, i wonder the if it's the maybe would thing. do it I wonder, organize right it. i wonder if the Beitin, as they're going and uh it's not completely hefker gathering it up they're saying okay besides for the 10 percent and the two percent and all that for the for the because yeah, once they start scattering it you can't start finding it and tithing it so maybe it was maybe that was like a first level okay but that's interesting cool cool now, I just want to add one thing. Yesterday, yesterday on the podcast, we were um, talking about Machatina Shekel. Like, what do we do if we forgot to give this year? Um, so I actually asked our Rav, Rabbi Rosner, and he got back to me and he said that um, it's fine. We can um, anytime because nowadays it's Zecher the Machatina Shekel right. in the time of the temple. So this was a it was a biblical obligation to give it, but uh, nowadays it's a remembrance. So he said we can just give um, uh, tzedakah, uh, we can give charity, and have in mind that it is for the Machatina Shekel for the you know the Zecher for the remembrance of. So he said that's fine. So I just want to fill everyone in on that. Okay. So if you forgot this year, because it's been a crazy year, um, it's not too late and you can do that. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us for this Mishnah today and yeah. uh, tune in tomorrow uh, for uh, Mishnah Gimel. Mishnah Yom, Mishnah